Anyway, uh, let's intro and then I'll read this. Dude. Dude. <laughs> Thanks for mimicking me. I, well, I did it in the mic, whereas you just did like a no, over I the know. head exuberant clap. Yeah, mine was just like a woohoo kind of clap. Yeah. Yours was a very intentional clap. Are you a good witch or a bad bitch? Bad bitch, bad bitch. I've been a rebel all my life. We will not remain hidden figures. We have names. Oh, if it's naughty to rule your lips, take your shoulders, take your hips, and let a lady confess I want to be there. I didn't kid you, did I? Well, now you know. Welcome to Good Witches, Bad Bitches. Welcome. <laughs> I'm Hannah. I'm That's Deanna. Deanna. Hell yeah. Wow, I don't think I've ever said my name more annoyingly than I just I'm Deanna. Well, anyway. Well. Welcome. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> this is a weekly podcast where we talk about women and women and women and women. And that is anyone who feels like a woman. Mm-hmm. Pretty much. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, that's that. So. That's that. Thank you. Thanks. Welcome. <laughs> Yep, yep, yep. I think Off I, I, think I have heat stroke. <laughs> we might have a little bit of heat stroke over there. And you're going to read me a little something? Yeah, this little teeny article I found on Jezebel, which was interesting. Yeah, It'll I'm be curious. about a week old by now, but um, the headline is, the app that uses artificial intelligence to undress women is dead, at least for now. Whew, that's a doozy. Yep. Uh <laughs> From fake Gal Gadot porn to computer-generated video meant to undermine Nancy Pelosi. What? Whoa. What? Deep fakes are the newest technology on the forefront of making life harder for women. Woohoo! But at least a new app that allowed users to very easily digitally strip the clothes from female bodies has been shelved for the time being. Interesting. According to the Washington Post, Deep Nude, quote, used artificial intelligence to create the deep fake images presenting realistic approximations of what a woman it was not designed to work on men might look like without her clothes. Of course it wasn't designed to work on men, but ladies calm down. The apps developer who goes by the name Alberto says he created deep nude using an open source algorithm from the university of California at Berkeley out of a sense of fun and enthusiasm. Yep. Sure. Sounds fun, dude. Yikes. After motherboard wrote about deep nude last week, Alberto faced a wave of negative press and backlash as well as a bunch of fucking weirdos who crashed the server in their eagerness to take women's clothes off without their consent. Oh God. In response, Alberto tweeted an apology. Uh, nope. Tweeted an elegy for the technology <laughs> that was deep nude. Oh. Uh, I don't even want to read what he has to say. Yeah. Don't. Uh, but like the hand that pops up from the grave at the end of a horror movie, Alberto told the post, we should probably prep ourselves for the next chapter of this dystopian bullshit. Quote, if someone has bad intentions, having deep nude doesn't change much. If I don't do it, someone else will in a year. Oh, and quote. Great. Yup. Great, great, great. Ta-da. Wow. Well, at least it was halted for now. That's so bizarre. I had never heard of that. I mean, not that it surprises me, but it's just, it's kind of pathetic, man. It's like, pathetic. What are, like, wh- why? Why spend your time on something so Do you know dumb? What's, what's cool is this, like, really awesome thing that humans are born with called imagination. Yeah. If you really want to see people nude. Like, oh, hey, that chick is hot. I wonder what she'd look like naked. You yeah, know what? Man. You can envision that. Yeah. And it's great. And Imagination it's fine. is great. And also, 
it less doesn't weird. Violate it's anyone. not. It's not pathetic and weird. Yeah, man. And then Oof. it doesn't ever leak because then it's going to be in your internet search history, <laughs> rather than it. your brain search oh, history. It's so true. Which is private as long as you, <laughs> you know, keep it private. Your brain search history. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Short and quick. You know, but it is funny. Like I won't say that it leads into my person totally perfectly, but this idea of being um, sort of uh, out there in the in the in the world mm-hmm. maybe um, has a little bit to do with my person. Although, of course, she was the architect of her own exposure. Oh. Um, <laughs> pretty proud of that sentence i just made it up and uh architect of her own exposure (laughs) are you inspired by last week (laughs) yeah maybe i am are you a good witch or a bad bitch let us know by becoming a patron on on our our patreon Patreon. (laughs) oh no patreon is a service that helps content creators like ourselves keep the ship going and make sure that we're able to cover all the costs that uh come along with doing our podcast and the more patrons we get hopefully the more content we can start creating exclusively for patrons yes so if you are interested in something like that please become a patron so that we can start creating that content for you. Also, when you become a patron, you will get a shout out on our podcast and we will thank you personally on air. How exciting is that? Very exciting. Yeah, yeah. You can find us at patreon.com slash podcast. I actually am very excited to tell you about this person Yay. because I have had her... In my, you know, list, in my queue of, of people I want to talk about for a long time. Ooh. And it just was like, oh, now's the time. Now's the time. So I'm going to talk about somebody whose name I can barely pronounce. <laughs> okay. Uh, she is the Countess di Castiglione. Oh, okay. You know, have you heard that, of her? You, sound, you pronounced that pretty well, I'd Thank say. Thank you. Thank you. There's like no, no, I haven't. She uh, she is a very interesting person. So my sources are Wikipedia, Mashable, Vice, and the Vintage News. Ooh. And I'm gonna I'm gonna. Is it like Castiglione? You think in actual Italian? <laughs> Pro- probably. Castiglione. Castiglione. You know. Oh God, that was so offensive. Um, nah. <laughs> thanks. I don't know. These first two paragraphs come from Vice. I just really liked what they had to say and how they said it. So. Picture it. Picturing. A woman Mm. sitting with her face in perfect profile, skin bright against the background. Her dress is huge, voluminous skirts trimmed with thick bands of lace. She has bracelets on each wrist and hair partially pinned up, one ringlet trailing down her neck. I have a very strong image in my head right now. Good. Behind her sits a child. His face is blurred and ghostly mid-motion. But the most intriguing aspect of the image is one of its smallest components, the small hand mirror this woman wields. It's oval-shaped, holding a partial reflection of her face, eyes, nose, the top of her lips. In this fragment of a reflection, her gaze is steady, staring right down the camera lens. In fact, you may not need to picture it. You may have already seen the image. 
It's the sort of thing that pops up regularly all over the internet, unmoored from context or time period. It holds just the right amount of intrigue with its arrangement of material and mirrors, as well as its ambiguous message, vanity, self-knowledge, artifice, voyeurism, playfulness, or something else entirely. <gasps> what? Whichever interpretation you prefer, it's probably a fitting one. The subject of the photo, a woman named Virginia Ol hmm? Oldo Oldoini, okay. <laughs> better known as the Countess of Castiglione, sat for hundreds of haunting, strange photos over the course of 40 years. What? From 1865 to 1895, which was a time when photographs really were very rare so mm. the fact that she sat for hundreds of photos during this time is really astonishing okay um and the resulting body of work has intrigued people for generations she was no mere muse or passive model she obsessively and fastidiously art directed each and every photo sometimes even choosing the camera angle or painting over the printed image herself whoa so at 17, she was married to Count Francesco Veracis di Castiglione, a rich widower who was more than a decade her senior. And one year later, they had a kid. I'm sorry, but she was 17 and he was what, like 28? And he already was a widower? Yeah. Holy fuck. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I don't think he had any other children. Okay. Um, so she gave birth a year after that, after they married, to a son named Giorgio. And in 1855, the Count and the Countess traveled to Paris on social and political business. And one of, um, one of her cousins, I think, a minister to the King of Sardinia, had instructed her to help persuade Napoleon III to support the cause of Italian unification. Succeed okay. by whatever means you wish, but succeed, he reportedly told her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The Countess apparently took her duties so seriously that she became unified with Napoleon herself. Meaning she became his mistress. Whether, no, I got that. Yeah. <laughs> uh -huh. Uh -huh. <laughs> the look on your face is you're like, meaning. I, like, I just have to tell you. In case you missed that. In case you weren't sure. No, I got it. I thank you. Um, oh, no, but he loved Josephine so much. I mean... He loved to... Never mind. It is what it is, man. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't... It didn't last that long. Like, there a couple of the places I looked at had it between six months and two years. Like, everybody had a very differing account of how long of how long it lasted. So, yeah. So, like, it's kind of... Who knows how long it actually lasted. But it didn't last any more than two years. Okay. Um, and... It did help her establish an immediate reputation. Of course. Uh, yeah. All eyes were on her whenever she entered a room. Her costumes were the talk of the court. On one occasion, she boldly appeared at a ball on the emperor's arm, dressed as the queen of hearts, prompting the Ooh. empress. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Awkward prompting the empress to angrily say, the heart is a bit low, madam. Eep. Yikes. Awkward turtle. So awkward. 
Um, she, I mean, she was very, like, obviously cheating on her husband. So he was like, all right, I'm not into that, and I'm going to dissolve her marriage. And he <laughs> did. for him. Yeah, I mean, he did. And, but not, not before she bankrupted him. Yeah, so she, she took all his money, or spent all his money, and took his, um, took their child with her, and basically was like, all right, I'm just going to hang out in Paris. Um... And a year after arriving, and so it's a little bit uncertain whether she was still with Napoleon or not around this time, but she began sitting for photographs at the Imperial Court's favored studio, Mayer and Pearson, which specialized in hand-painted prints. And after sitting for her first portrait, she was like, I fucking loved that. That was great. And kept coming back. I feel like that would take a lot of patience. Uh, to sit at for that a time, to, well, she, it was a photograph, but they hand painted the prints. They hand painted the photographs. That was what they were known Still, for. sitting for a photograph is a sitting for the photograph itself is takes a, long, a lot of patience. Yes, that's why everybody back then looks serious all the time. That's because, right. Like holding a smile for the extended period. Everybody thinks people from that era were so serious, but they were not. <laughs> it's just it was so much easier. Mm-hmm. Um, just, yeah. So after sitting for her first portrait, she came back again and again, working intensively alongside Pearson from 1856 to 1867 to create all of these different portraits. And then Hmm. there was a break in that time. um, And then she kind of started back into it during the 1890s. But their relationship technically was collaborative, but she held all the cards she meticulously dictated all of the costumes, the sets, the scenes. She art directed. She art directed the entire thing. Um, she established the ways in which the image should be uh, painted and embellished afterward. And she spent a large part of her fortune, which I don't know where most of her fortune comes from, on her clothing, costumes, and photos, even going into debt, I assume after her husband dissolved their marriage to fund her operatic passion um so she soon moved on in in terms of like the subject matter of her photos she moved on to literature and theater and most of the image that they produced from then on were of specific characters drawn from myth art literature or the bible fascinating including yeah lady Macbeth, anne boleyn the queen of eritrea Judith before beheading Holofernes, which which we talked about. Artemisia Gentileschi. Exactly. Um, that's one of our previous episodes. Um, a nun and even a corpse. She also recreated defining. I want to play a corpse. I want to play a corpse. How do we feel about this today? Good? Yes. She Let's always go. felt good about it. That's what you got to know about well, I mean, the if you get to just lay still. I mean, she was like, she was weird, man. Some of the some of these images. corpses a lot back then anyway. Well, okay, yeah, that's true. That's fair. But she played but live. One. Played one for fun. People, yeah. Playing a corpse for fun. Yeah. Um, so she even documented defining moments of her own life, mythologizing her own story by putting herself in dresses that had proved themselves especially admired or notorious, chief among them being the Queen of Hearts costume. Whoa. <laughs> she is... Uh, that's... Uh, Gutsy. She was, I think she was like sincerely a narcissist in the in the classic 
way we think of narcissists because she was so obsessed with her own image yeah and very much believed herself to be sort of above reproach yeah um and she supposedly said the eternal father did not know what he was creating the day he sent uh her meaning herself into the world he modeled and modeled and when he had finished he looked at his wondrous work and was overwhelmed he left her in a corner without assigning her a place meanwhile he was called away and when he returned he found the corner where he had left her empty so like what the fuck this idea that like god had put her in this one place and then she went fuck that place I'm going to Earth. Bye. Yeah, I'm going to go do this other thing. I'm going to go be born. Mm Mm-hmm. Ah, oh, no. Oh, no. I wasn't ready. I wasn't done with that one yet. (laughs) I didn't know what to do. Well, good luck. Good luck. Uh, It's also narcissistic to say. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's kind of why I say that. Like, some of the things she's famous for having said and done, it's like, you really didn't have any shame about that at all like not that you need to be ashamed but that we all sort of no but it's still kind of a douchey thing to say (laughs) she's kind of a douche you're like i'm so fucking out of the box god didn't even know what to do with me i he just set me aside and i came (laughs) to earth on my own volition oh god i love it um speaking of not smiling for the cameras she was known to not smile and she didn't pose stiffly. Like, every photo of her is very fluid. Like, it's very relaxed. But she's not smiling. She's putting on a very specific, like, dramatic face. Um, and she's almost scowling in a lot of them, which is really interesting. Like, she's just sort of has that sort of, like, come, you know, that. try it. Try fucking with me kind of look. Um, And in some photos, an equally elaborately dressed young child was present, which may have been her son, but nobody knows for sure. Weird. Because there's just like no, there is no documented, you know, anything saying that that's who that was. But I assume that's who it was. Um, And as the years passed, she became increasingly eccentric. She was also... As if she wasn't already... Yeah, I mean, she was already eccentric, like, in the fact that she took all of these photos of herself. Like, her life's work was taking pictures of herself. But also, just the way that she interacted with these photos became more extreme. Like, she had many powerful friends and and lovers throughout her life, and some of them were influential politicians and minor nobility. So she always maintained her place in mm. the court like mm-hmm. she didn't she didn't leave the court after her marriage was dissolved you know she stick she stuck around um and so she had lots of you know quote unquote friends in the right. court right 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 and i mean was she still napoleon's mistress at this time or that was that had only lasted between one and two years oh okay but she as she got older she stayed okay and she had lovers and blah 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 she was a lot of articles that i found referred to her as a courtesan which i don't think is entirely true like in terms of how in I terms mean, of what she was it's a very was, broad definition of courtesan but yeah it's it's kind of I like mean, it makes sense she maintained me. her position because of that but it yeah anyway it was it was um 
it, it helped her maintain her, st her status and her hobby. And she would send albums of her portraits, portraits of herself, to these friends that she made in court and would not speak to any other women, but she would send these women, these like select women, I guess, albums of her, of herself, of her Why? own picture. <laughs> I don't really, I don't really know. What? It was kind of seen, at least from, from historians' perspectives, like that was her way of saying, you have my favor. Like I look highly upon you. Here, take pictures of me. Yeah, have like some not, pictures. Not take them, have them. Yeah. Mm -hmm have some photos of me because they're beautiful and I think you're wonderful enough to have them. Cool. <laughs> it's so fascinating. And a contemporary said, um, according to the New York Times anyway, she would appear at gatherings like a goddess descended from the clouds and she would allow people to admire her as if she were a shrine. What a bitch. <laughs> Like, in the best way. But yes, I mean, 100%. It's funny, I've been rewatching Doctor Who. And so for anyone who knows that show, you'll know what I say when I say, like, she kind of makes me think of Cassandra. Yeah. The, yeah. you know, the last human. Anyway, I won't spoil too much from that show if you haven't watched it yet. But Spritz me. <laughs> Moisturize me. Uh, her life was not all glimmer and glamour, though. As she aged, she had the photographer document her decline. She was ah. kind of like not too afraid of documenting that. And later photos show her veiled and toothless. What? One eerie portrait, as we've referenced before, shows her in a coffin. Right. Um, Ooh. Yeah. At one point, her husband attempted to take her son away from her and she sent him a photo of herself as Medea staring oh. daggers yeah yeah <laughs> yeah staring daggers and holding a knife dripping blood <laughs> she's saying try and take my son away and I'll kill yes. him I'd rather kill him than let you have him is that what that is the photo's title was vengeance oh my god that's terrifying she was like just not on this plane um and her son unfortunately died in 1879 from smallpox how old was he i don't know let's see he was born in i didn't think to look at that specifically but not important cut it he was born in 1856 and he died in 1867 Oh, so... Or, sorry, 1879. What am I talking oh, about? Oh, then he was okay. Yeah, yeah, well, he was like a teenager. Yeah. Um, and after that, after her son died, she retreated from the world. She dressed only in black. She went out only under the cover of darkness, which I find very... Dramatic. <laughs> very okay. dramatic. No sunlight for her. And she painted all of her walls black all of the walls in her house were black and she took all the mirrors out. No more mirrors in her house. But she let herself still have her picture taken. Not during not during some of that time. Oh, okay. Um, she she lived like that for the next 20 years. Which is insane. Dramatic. So dramatic. She was, she's a very big drama. So queen. dramatic. I mean, good God. Uh, the photo projects continued occasionally, but not 
not to the extent that they were at, at the height of her photo taking. Right. Um, and they would posthumously be described by critics as more morbid, more disturbed, more deranged than her earlier work. Um, at the time of her death, in 1899, she was in the process of planning a comeback exhibition, a retrospective titled The Most Beautiful Woman of the Century. <laughs> Presumptuous, I feel. <laughs> she, uh, but she died. She died at the age of 62. And I don't, I couldn't figure out what she died from. The, nobody, none of the articles I found mentioned it. And she is buried at Père Lachaise in uh, Paris. Um, in La Divine, Divine Comtesse, a book exploring the Countess's social and cultural legacy, curator Pierre Apraxine writes that art critics have long overlooked the Countess's body of work, mistakenly considering it trivial. The huh. Countess, who was perceived as a disturbing character whose motives were unclear, was understood to have taken up photography merely to satisfy her narcissism. Okay, but what fucking artist isn't a narcissist in <laughs> right. some way, shape, or form? Her project, undermined by her shameless self-absorption, could not, therefore, be regarded as that of a true artist. Okay. And I, I see what he's saying. Like, the, I mean, yeah, but... The, well, he's, he's arguing that people didn't look at her seriously because of that. But her artwork, like, if I'll show you some of her photos after this, they are incredible. Like, her art direction, amazing. It's it's impeccable. Mm. And some of the framing of these pictures is really fascinating. And, like, just the picture that I described at the beginning of the episode, the, yeah. the mirror and the child in the background with his head in motion is... is that, that It's so unusual. It's really breathtaking. And so, like, yes, her subject was herself, and she loved herself, but she also very painstakingly organized these photographs right in in a way that i feel like has to be considered art like it can't just be it can't just be said well it doesn't really matter because it was all in vanity you know because no, they're you, really you can't just say that especially when it comes to art yeah because so much art is that yeah um so he notes that the this this historian notes that ca the countess's work anticipated several trends in contemporary art and feminist art in particular prefiguring artists like Cindy Sherman who's known for hand painting her own photographs my mom loves Cindy Sherman oh there you go Lo she was her for halloween one year it was terrifying <laughs> <laughs> oh no oh no um, and a few others who's there's just a lot of names so I won't say them, but all of whom used photography to explore the signif significance of dressing up, adopting appearances, and manipulating the means of being viewed by others. Um, though he cautions against viewing the Countess's work as, as feminist or as a, quote, conscious sort of the pictorial innovations that followed. Sure. Fair. Like, yeah, obviously. But anyway... So that is the Countess de Castiglione, who is basically considered the like selfie queen of her time. Of her time, she she pioneered that that practice and that narcissism. So I think I stumbled on her. I, I don't remember where, but I was just like, 
kind of stunned because she took 400 photos of herself. How have I, how have I never <laughs> In a time this? where having one photo of yourself <laughs> is extravagant. Right. Yes. I mean, photography was just not really a thing at the time. Very few people had, had like you said, more than one photo, if any, mm-hmm. ever taken. Yeah. And she went out of her way to have hundreds, hundreds. It's like hundreds of photo shoots. Not even just like, now we can take a fucking selfie. But how often do we get to have photo shoots? Right. I know. That have art direction, even if it's self-art directed. Yeah. It's like going in and shooting a cover for Vogue every week. Yikes. (laughs) That sounds stressful. It does sound stressful, but she loved it. It was her thing. It was her, her happy place. Wow. And, you know, that's that. Um, I have some on this day. Lay it on me. If you're curious. Always. It is July 10th. Doot, doot, doot. And um, the Lady Godiva rode naked on horseback through Coventry today. In what year? According to legend, uh, in 1040. All right. And it was to force her husband, the Earl of Mercia, to lower taxes. I Would, mean, we're riding naked through a town. We'll get attention. You know, I had never... I've heard people say, oh, like Lady Godiva, blah, blah, blah. But I don't actually have never n- known what Lady Godiva meant. Like who that was and why. I did, but I didn't know why she did it. There you go. All right. There it is. Sweet. 1553, Lady Jane Grey, daughter of the Duke of Suffolk. Oh, boy. Is Suffolk. Pr- Suffolk, thank you, is proclaimed Queen of England. Yeah, not for long. She reigned for nine days. Oh, poor baby girl. Oh. She was thrust into that role. Yeah, not great. And then fucking beheaded. Yeah. Oh, so many Teenager. People. She didn't even want to do it. So sad. I'm sorry, Lady Jane Grey. Um, 1746. The Bonnie Prince Charlie... What the fuck? Flees in disguise to the Isle of Skye. <laughs> I just, every time I see him now, I have to mention him because I feel like we've talked about yeah. him so much on this podcast. And then we go, time to watch Outlander. I know. Oh, my God. Outlander. Um, 1778. Uh, Louis the 16th? <laughs> Roman numerals are hard. XVI? Uh-huh. Yeah, of France? <laughs> Declares war on the Kingdom of Britain, Great Britain, on behalf of the Americans in the American Revolution. Thanks, France. Thanks, France. I think. Uh, 1862, U.S. begins the construction of the Central Pacific Railroad. Oh, that's important. Yeah, and had a lot of problems, but very important. 17, or sorry, 1917, Emma Goldman is imprisoned for obstructing the noted anarchist draft. Emma Goldman, and that was why I got I got totally stuck. I mentioned last week that like researching my on this days, I was like I've just totally got went down a, a yeah. Black Emma Goldman hole. was fucking crazy. I love she her. She was crazy. She was an anarchist. I mean, and that really was her, seemed to be her game was just causing chaos wherever she possibly could in the name of freedom and independence and oh yeah whatever oh yeah um Makes so want to listen to ragtime oh my god well and i want to do her on this podcast because she's you should fascinating you should um so yeah so that's that's that 1917 uh 1938 howard hughes flies around the world in 91 hours starting today 
Whoa. Uh-huh. Good job. Yeah. Um, this one isn't so great. Um, 1942, Himmler orders the sterilization of all Jewish women in Ravensbrück camp. So, yeah. we Fun. Super fun. But I felt like it was important to note. Yeah. Uh, and this is the last one that I'm that I'm noting today. In 1962, Martin Luther King Jr. is arrested during a demonstration in Georgia. He during the civil rights lot. moment, civil rights moment, civil rights movement. This yes. is not a moment; it's a movement. It's a movement. Thanks, Hamilton. Oh. <laughs> Shit! I walked right into that one. You did. I didn't even realize. Oh, man. Um, I, I never include birthdays or deaths. You always are good about that, and I always forget. Well, but. sometimes it's annoying. I only include eh. ones that really jump out at me. Yeah, it is what it is. One of these days, I'll and, remember. And, like, the birthdays of, of, like, noted women didn't... Every time I look, it, like, takes until fucking 16-whatever-the-fuck when the history starts at, like, year 62. And it yeah. isn't until much <laughs> later that they start going... Oh, oh, women existed. Oh, oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's that. That was the Countess and some July 10th history. What are you excited about? You know, I didn't really have anything prepared, but uh, <laughs> uh, next week, as of the day that this episode airs, I will be headed to Yellowstone for my grandpa's 80th birthday. So I get oh. to spend some time with my family. That sounds amazing. And I've never been to Yellowstone, so I'm really excited. I haven't either. You're going to have to take a fuck ton of pictures and I will. refer back. Because yeah. I've we only some, ever like, driven really past. some, like, cute cabins, like, rented. Oh, I'm sure. Uh, my, my Nana did a good job and found some really cute cabins. And Alex is going to go and he's <gasps> going to meet the fam. I mean, he's met a lot of my uh, aunts and uncles, but... Uh, he gets to meet my grandparents and uh, oh my I get God. to meet my newest cousin who's almost a year old now. Oh. So I'm the the This is the a big eldest. trip. Yeah, it's a big trip. Damn. But I'm excited. Well, you should be. It's a big <laughs> trip. Oh my God. I don't think it quite hit me the the scope yeah. of of the trip me, because like me and all my cousins, man. Damn. My family just never does anything like this. Yeah. I mean, they're a little scattered at this point, yeah. you know, but... I don't know. My family, on both sides, is, is like, very family-oriented. And, and I love that. Very much about... We care about each other, even though we don't get to see each other as much as we'd like, and we find opportunities to spend time as a family together. And cool. go to cool places. Hell yeah. I'm really excited. He always loved to call, go to Colorado for his birthday, so we'd always get a cabin in the mountains. But since he's turning 80, he wants to go to, like, Do bigger, something special. Yeah. 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 I bet you that it will be cooler. Oh, yeah. Their average temperature <laughs> in July is in the 70s. Oh, Their average God. high. And I'm like, can I live there? You can. Deanna, you can do anything you want to do. Fuck yeah. Go live in Yellowstone. Chester says yes. Chester oh, yeah. says, shut the fuck up. And pay attention and to pay me. Attention to me. Um, that sounds awesome. Thanks. I'm kind of jealous. I'm very excited. <laughs> I'm more than kind of jealous. I'm a lot jealous. Thank you for joining us for another week of lady history. Thank you. Hopefully you enjoyed as much as we enjoyed doing it. I mean. Because we do. It really is one of the highlights of my week. It's the, yeah, exactly. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. 
So thanks for joining. And check out our Patreon. And check out our Ko-Fi if you aren't interested in doing a monthly thing, which I understand. Leave us a review if you want. Yeah, leave us a review. We love reviews. Or just say hi on social media. We like that, too. We like that, too. Just say hi. Yeah. Yeah, man. And uh, until next time, peace out, witches. Hope you're staying cool. Stay cool. (laughs) Bye. Bye. for listening to Good Witches, Bad Bitches. Thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate it. Good Witches, Bad Bitches is hosted by Deanna Greif. Me. You. And you. <laughs> Hannah Ferguson. And we're produced by Benjamin Garst. Um, you can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify. Google Play. Google Play. Pretty much more. anywhere you listen to your podcasts, you can find us there. We're also on social media. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook, GWBB Podcast. You can also email us at gwbbpodcast at gmail.com we love to receive emails if you have a story about a woman in your life that you want to hear on air uh, shoot it over to us we would love to read it if you want to help keep us running you can find us on patreon at patreon.com slash podcast. <laughs> become a patron and help us you know pay for our hosting yeah patreon really helps content creators be able to continue to create their content and it just kind of helps us break even on the costs of producing this podcast and it would be really awesome if you wanted to help out if you like it you can be a part of it also to help us out you can rate review and subscribe all of the all of those things are extremely helpful for us they help other listeners find us yeah. Word of mouth, also good. Yeah. <laughs> our website is gwbbpodcast.com. You can find all of our episodes there as well as some other things bubbling out of our witchy cauldron. Good Witches, Bad Bitches is powered by Moon Bounce. Moon Bounce.